Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we normally sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And I say normally because this week uh, I do not have a guest. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can also find us on awesomepodcast.com, coretemparts.com, because we're part of the Cortemp Arts Podcast Network. You can email us at awesome at crewtumorstudios.com. You can snail mail us at everything is awesome, P.O. Box 177 in Fairless Hills, PA, 19030. Uh, and you can also message us on all the social medias or whatnot. Call us at 267-223-4965, leave a voicemail. Uh, so I was, I tried to, and I'm going to call, I'm going to call him out. I'm going to call Ami Khan out. I uh, tried to get Ami on the show uh, for this week's episode. I've uh, been trying to book her for a while. Uh, and yes, that's right. I'm calling her out because uh, whatever. Uh, it's all fun and games, really, at the end of the day. I don't care. I know she's busy doing some uh, some stuff uh, with Into the Film out west there. Uh, so I'm sure rehearsals and whatnot have been keeping her busy. Uh, we were... At one point, supposed to record uh, Monday or Tuesday night, but I never heard back. So hopefully, we'll get to me on the line uh, sooner rather than later, uh, and and we'll chat all things Hollywood and being an actress and whatnot. Then, uh, as a backup, I I talked to BK Mullen. I believe Brian, if I remember correctly, is his first name. Um, but he is um, a podcaster from Philly. Here, he uh, did a live show at the Philadelphia Podcast Fest at Tattooed Mom uh, on the weekend that I happened to be managing the events. Uh, I believe it was on Saturday night. And uh, great podcast. And, and uh, you know, he's he, uh, he called me out from the audience because I was wearing my Eagles hat and uh, mentioned that we basically were the same person. And uh, he just seems like a funny dude. And, and we, um, we both basically kind of fell asleep uh, taking care of our kids and putting our kids to bed uh, before we got it recorded. So I unfortunately wasn't able to, to get a guest on for this week again. Um, last week we had Mike. This week uh, I dropped the ball again. Uh, but, uh, so apologies, but in, in lieu of doing something with Mike, I decided to, um, air an episode, uh, for those that don't know, I also do another show called the Zomcast. Me and Steve from Australia, he's part of the Saturday Detention Podcast, we sit down and we talk about The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, horror, anything that's horror related, really. Um, and this episode that you're going to listen to is us recapping the first season of Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, we're in the middle of trying to play catch up with our um, with our podcast because it's normally a bi-weekly podcast, but if we go weekly, we have a real shot of hitting uh, 100 episodes by the time the 100th episode of Walking the De- uh, the Walking Dead airs in October. So I thought it would just be neat to hit first for both 
um, our podcast, which was originally me, Matthew, and Nicholas, uh, to talk about The Walking Dead. That would be neat if we both hit 100 episodes at the same time. So um, here is um, our, our first episode in, that delves into the Fear of the Walking Dead series. If you're interested in that, the Zomcast is part of the That's Entertainment podcast network. You can find all our Zomcast episodes on thatentertains.com slash network, uh, along with some other great shows. Um, check it all out. Uh that's all I want to leave you with. We are, uh, for Everything is Awesome, we are going to be getting, we are going to be getting a MeCon. We're going to be getting Brian on the show. We're going to be doing regular interviews again. Summer is a, a really busy month, especially now that I've taken on um, some responsibility for the Philadelphia Podcast Fest. So it ends up being a really busy month for me. We, we did a couple of vacations this summer, so it was uh, really hard to sit down and do some interviews. Um, I want to try to, uh, in, in next spring, uh, have a, a better catalog, a backlog recorded so that we don't have to deal with this. Um, in a couple of days here, we are going to be remembering Robin Williams. Um, every year on August 11th, the anniversary of his death, uh, I like to sit down and do a podcast. Um, and sit around and talk about Robin Williams. And this year I finally brought a, uh, a guest on with me. So you'll listen to that on um, Friday the 11th. Um, and I hope you enjoy it. It's just our little way of paying our respects to Robin Williams um, because there is no other man like him. Anyway, uh, you, won't hear, you won't hear me on the other end. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you check out all the shows on the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. Chat with me on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. That's where I do most of my tweeting and twatting. Call us at 267-223-4965 and leave your feedback. Snail mail us pictures of uh, zombies riding dogs. Two. Everything is awesome. Uh, P.O. Box 177 in Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania, 19030. Let's kick it to me and Steve in the past where they're sitting around and talking about Fear of the Walking Dead, Season 1, right here on awesomepodcast.com. The Zomcast is part of That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Check out our other shows like the Last Capaldi Podcast and Once Upon a Wine on thatentertains.com slash network. Grabbed another bottle of water. Oh, sweet! There's one right in front of me. Don't know, don't know how old it is, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll drink it. Welcome to this week's edition of the Zomcast. I'm your host Kev, and I am the other guy, Steve. 
And this is a show where we sit around and talk some dead. And I guess if you look at our news feed, it's going to look like we came out weekly and on time if you're listening to this in the future. However, for present day listeners, we apologize because various things have prevented us from recording. I think there were vacations. I think there were sicknesses. I think there were internet outages. There are various things that prevented us from getting together to record. Uh, so I'm, I've, I've been releasing them sporadically uh, and just dating them the, their actual release date because I'm a cheater. Uh, that's, that's what I do. I, I cheat the system. I, I make it look like we do things on time. Well, man, as the great Jesse Ventura once said, Win if you can, lose if you must, but always, always cheat. Yes. At the end of the day, if, you know, if I equate my life to wrestling, as you do, I am a heel. I, I, I might be the Philly heel, the, 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 the kind of heel that people love, but I'm a heel. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more uh, Doink the Clown. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I would equate myself to like, um, probably like DX era Shawn Michaels. Well, if you're going to be anyone, be Shawn Michaels. Dude, when I used to wrestle, uh, I started out in the backyard. I feel like I can tell this story because I haven't told it on the Zomcast yet. I've probably told it on my other show a million times. But we started out in the backyard. Kids, I'm not going to tell you not to wrestle in the backyard. Uh, Just be careful. Be smart. Don't be idiots. Don't go through a flaming table like we did. I I debuted uh, in the backyard as Heartbreak Kev. Had uh, the HBK tights, red tights with the uh, white heartbreaks on them. Uh, had the zebra print armbands that he wore. Had the heart-shaped glasses. And had the, remember the, like, the motorcycle helmet that he wore? Not helmet, motorcycle hat that he wore that was, um, had the, the zebra print on the top. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember that the the that that zebra print hat he had? This is the this is the era of wrestling. This is, yeah. you know, it, it, this is where everything happened, man. This, and I'm just hoping that at some point in this, you're going to mention the fact that you have video of this, which you can share online with everyone. I don't know if I have video of me in my backyard days. Um, I have DVDs of me in my professional days, uh, but I never wrestled as Heartbreak Kev in my professional days. I wrestled as a character named Steel Tip. This is this is old news to me. I had no idea that any of oh, this really? was going on. No idea, man. And I'm a huge wrestling fan. I'm massive on wrestling, and I'm just finding out that my co-host spent some time in the square circle. I was in the square circle. I was, I don't know. Do you guys uh, know of Chikara out there? I have to, I, I, I can't get it on the TV. I have to go through, through means to, to find it on the computer. So do you, so you, do you know, uh, reckless youth, Tom Carter? Yeah. Uh, King of the Indy. Yeah. He trains me. Oh, this is insane. We're going to have to do, <laughs> we're going to have to do a wrestling podcast, man. This is insane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I uh, I was trained by one reckless youth, Tom Carter. Uh, he's the one that told me that I should I should stop doing the high fly stuff because I wasn't really built for it. AKA I wasn't talented for it. Uh, I should stick to more uh, methodical wrestling. He said, "You know what? You remind me of a of a young Bret Hart." And I was like, "What?" And I don't know if he said that with irony uh, because I was not that good. I was definitely not as good as Bret. I was. Uh, I mean, if Bret Hart is the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, I I was uh, the, the 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 mediocre there guy. 
<laughs> ever will be. I was, I was, you know, if, if he was 10 out of 10, I was probably 5 out of 10, you know? It doesn't matter, man. You, you, you just take it. You just take it and you run with it. Well, I st- I, I, that's when I started doing the sharpshooter, when he told me that. As soon as we finish up, I'm, I'm hitting Google and I'm seeing what I can find. There's nothing. I, Steel Tip is not on the internet anywhere. Uh, at all i i I only wrestled locally i never really uh traveled or anything so so like i i live in this little township called falls township and uh i never traveled i I didn't take it as far as um i could have i my dream uh was never like i never said that uh well actually i think i did say it but my dream wasn't to get to the wwe when i was a kid my dream was to uh wrestle professionally and to me that was just wrestling in front of a crowd um and i did that uh, pretty early on in my quote-unquote wrestling career I, uh, I never really, and I could have, but I think I, I think I have this thing with like, like not, I don't want to say commitment, like, but with, with projects, like fulfilling a project to the very end, uh, I usually don't do. And I never really committed myself. I had a hard time saying, let me leave this job that at the time paid really well. Uh, a keen $40,000 a year is what I thought was really well back then. Uh, and I guess it's not terrible, but you know, uh, as, as a 21 year old or 20, well, I was getting trained at like 24 years old, probably. Um, I did not want to leave that, that comfort zone of a full-time gig to dive into training seven days a week and travel seven days a week and, and whatnot. Oh, this could be a very different podcast if you had. Yeah, yeah, there I there's probably videos and pictures out there um that you might be able to dig up uh and I have always said that I do want to upload those videos that I do have um to the interwebs just to have them up oh, there. I'm going to be digging. I am going I'm going to be digging. Yeah, I, Falls Township Wrestling is probably a, a big one that you want to search uh for um but I think anything that I've 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 found online is like stuff from our backyard days. So it's it's not really, it's the pre-reckless era of FTW Falls Township Wrestling. I'll try to. I have the DVDs in my in my shed. I'll have to I have to pull them out and see if I can get them converted to digital and upload them. Absolutely. Now, if people want to send me pictures of uh, wrestling Kev riding dogs, where can they do that? <laughs> they can they can send pictures of wrestling Kev uh, riding dogs to uh, our the Zomcast at PO Box one seventy seven in Fairless Hills Pennsylvania one nine zero three zero the United States of America if you're sending them internationally uh, if you don't want to snail mail them to us because you are a digital artist. You can email us uh, at zomcast at crudehumorstudios.com. If you want to call in and give us your best wrestling uh, impersonation, I would love to hear uh, like either a Hulk Hogan or a Stone Cold or even a Shawn Michaels impersonator. Uh, you can call us at 267-223-4965. Uh, if you also want to utilize those means of uh, communication to talk Walking Dead or horror with us, feel free, because uh, this is the Zomcast, not WrestleCast. 
Um, feel free to do all that. You can also find us on Twitter at the Zomcast, Facebook. We're on uh, facebook.com slash the Zomcast. And uh, you can find us on that entertains.com slash network as a podcast. And if one of these come through, I get dibs on the first one. Uh, a, a wrestler can. <laughs> a wrestling that's fine. That's fine. There's. I'll have to. Maybe. Uh, maybe on this um, episode image, I'll, I have a picture. I have pictures from the last time I wrestled. The last time I wrestled, um, I was. I, I, I was going bald, so I had a shaved head. Uh, I had my uh, Abe Lincoln chin strap of a beard, uh, and uh, I was wearing. Uh, so I wrestled a steel tip. So my outfit uh, for my very last match, which was approximately eight years ago. Um, was, you know, the, uh, MVP outfit, yeah. uh, where it was the, the, what, like a singlet with long sleeves. I know the one you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had that except it was all silver. It was, I mean, it was spacesuit silver. Um, and it had this cool little logo on the back and, uh, and then the, the Pittsburgh Steeler diamonds on, on my chest. Uh, to because I mean I was steel tip. I was from the city of steel, the city of champions, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is insane, man! I cannot believe <laughs> I cannot believe this is only just coming up now. We've we've done I don't know how many episodes. We've spoken on Twitter a fair bit. You've been on the that if I had have known this, the whole episode of Nerdgym would have just been throwing wrestling. <laughs> it would have been a completely different show, man. <laughs> completely different. So. Oh. It's yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. I could go on about this all day, but we do have to talk. This week we are actually talking some dead. Yes, we're back to the dead. We actually are. Hold on one second. There's an ant on my microphone. Let me flick him off. Okay, he's gone. Um, uh, or she. Let's not let's not be judgmental no, no, here. You know, we're, we're equal opportunity <laughs> podcasters here. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to talk some dead this week. As you said, we are, uh, you know, I guess for in real time, we're a little behind where I want it to be, but you know, it's all going to work itself out. Uh, we're talking season one of fear, the walking dead. Um, now I want to, I want to shoot straight with you, Steve. Um, I, uh, have only watched the first three episodes of season one because I waited until this morning to start watching it. Uh, but now, now, as it turns out, the, the real reason is because I discovered 13 Reasons Why. Uh, and I, I just fell in love with that show and started watching that show. Uh, the, the other reason that I'm going to um, try to make sound more legitimate is that I can't find uh, anywhere to watch Fear the Walking Dead except for Hulu. Uh, so I just discovered that today. So I signed up for a free trial, three, a free trial of Hulu today, which let me tell you, I have some gears to grind about Hulu. I don't understand why there is 17 commercial breaks when I'm, when, I mean, I'm not paying anything because it's a trial, but when I'm eventually supposed to pay seven ninety nine a month, that is a BS. Yeah. And, but you still I get mean, commercial breaks. Yeah. I'm paying money to get commercials. See, I've got, I don't think that's fair. I've got the first two seasons of, of Fear the Walking Dead on demand with my, with my provider and they are showing... Uh, they've started showing season three, and I get no adverts whatsoever. You know what? I don't know. 
Because I looked on demand for me. I have Verizon Fios, and when I looked on demand through my phone app, it said I had to buy it. But I wonder if I sit at my my uh, TV and hit and and hit watch it from there if it's free. Regardless, um, but I'll tell you what. I don't think that's going to affect the discussion um, for uh, Fear of the Walking Dead that we're going to have today because. I had actually watched this season prior to uh, to to us even doing this podcast. So, also, oh, you've already seen the season one. Yes, I've seen the season once. I just wanted to refresh season. Now, season two, I have not seen yet at all. Uh, but season one, I have seen it in its entirety already. So, I I know um, the 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 basis of the story, and um, I'm kind of glad we went on a tangent uh, because I don't think that there's an hour's worth of conversation here. Um, uh, I guess I'll take the charge and just give a general overview of what I think Fear the Walking Dead is. Um, I, despite what I just said, I think Fear the Walking Dead season one is actually kind of good. Um, I, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely not the Walking Dead. It's, um, what I, what I love about it is that it brings the fear of the zombies back that, that we haven't had in the walking dead since probably season two or three. Um, and, uh, but what I hate about it is I think I can tell you some character names, but that's only because I watched episodes today. Uh, it, it suffers from not having characters I care about like the walking dead. And maybe that's not fair because we're, you know, we're only giving them a couple episodes so far. Um, but I, and I don't know if maybe the comic book had something to do with me caring about those characters ahead of time with the walking dead. But, um, I don't know because my, my fiance, uh, you know, she connects with the walking dead characters. She's never read a book, a comic book, uh, you know, for walking dead in her life. And she feels the same way when it comes to the fear of the walking dead is that, uh, we both watched the first season. Um, we tried to give the second season a go. We just didn't have that connection to the characters. Yep. Uh, and that's, I think important in this universe. So you haven't seen any of season two yet. Uh, I mean, I, I did watch the pilot when it first aired, but I have not seen any of, uh, I have not seen any of season two, uh, since that pilot episode, not the pilot episode, but since the premiere episode. Okay. Well, I am just about to hit the mid season break of season two. So I'm about halfway through the season with season two. Um, now as far as the first season goes, uh, just, uh, let me just talk about the first episode and then I'll give you my overall feelings on it. It took me three sittings to get through the first episode. Interesting. I sat down, started to watch it. I felt that they, they, they kind of felt like they were trying to surprise us with things that we already knew. Like and the, in the first episode when the, the young guy, Nick, runs out of the church because he finds his girlfriend, she's been turned, but of course he doesn't know she's turned at this point, and she's eating someone. And he runs from the church. And you run outside and he gets hit by a car. And we then pull back to this fantastic shot of uh, LA with planes flying overhead and the city just going as normal. Almost as if we were supposed to be shocked and surprised by this. But we, everyone knew going into this that this was set in the, the very first days of the outbreak. And this episode first episode kept doing that for me it was like i already know all of these things that you're showing me 
I already know what's going on here. Okay, I know what this is going to be. And they took it very slowly. One of the things I did enjoy is they took it very slowly with the reveal of the walkers. Yes. Which they don't call walkers in this show, which with a nice little touch, I thought, you know, rather than have it be a an overall common term, they still just refer to them as the dead. Mm-hmm. But the the pace of it was way too slow for someone who, at that stage, I'd say, what, we would have been in season five? Season five, season six of Walking Dead. I believe season six. Yeah, so so you're you're dealing with people who have got five seasons worth of the show already under their belt, but you're you're almost doing the slow reveal, and it came across as boring. Oh wow! See, I I I didn't. Um, when it came to that kind of stuff, I actually kind of really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was kind of. Um, and I kind of, I, I mean, I do understand where you're coming from. I do see it, but, uh, I don't know. I, that I actually kind of dug. It was, um, it's just, it was the, the characters, they, they had a hard job to try to sell these characters as characters I care about. Like I do Rick and Michonne and Daryl and all those other characters at the time, Glenn and Abraham and all the, and all that, um, uh, those little callbacks that they had, like, like we'll, we'll go with the opening scene since you, you know, we mentioned that directly already. Like, I love how, um, it, it, to me, it was quite obvious that, uh, uh, Nick did not understand what was going on when he saw his, his girlfriend had, had turned. Um, and for me, it wasn't like they, um, were trying to like fake us out. To me, it seemed like they, you know, they were trying to make us see if maybe Nick would look up and then all of a sudden the world had gone to shit overnight or something like that. And then they pull, he got hit by the car and it pulled out and we see that it's just, you know, that literally this is probably, you know, day one or two of, of whatever happened, happened to cause the dead to rise. Um, and I don't know, there was when I, when I, cause I, I saw that scene, uh, this afternoon, I think is when I started watching on, on my lunch break and I, um, I actually, and I don't know how I felt the first time around, but I actually kind of dug it. Um, thought, seeing it this time around, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the idea of it was good. I thought that the way that they tried to pull it off just didn't, it just didn't work for me. I didn't feel any kind of, um, like any wow factor to it whatsoever Mm -hmm. we then spend uh most of the rest of the episode uh following around nick who you know it's in this episode he's a he's a full-blown junkie he's Mm he's you know so they're using that confusion to to try and say to people well maybe it's not going on maybe it's a maybe it's a paranoia thing and you know how we mentioned that we really enjoyed that would get out like one of the things we get yeah. that was fantastic was there were several points where the guy was actually turning around and going, well, is this all in my head? Is this all in my paranoia? But I didn't see the the need for the build-up when we already know from five seasons of The Walking Dead that this isn't a, a paranoia. It's not in his head. He's not going crazy. It really is happening. But the slow release of everything was really well done. I did like the fact that we weren't suddenly slap bang in the middle of a, a zombie outbreak. It was happening one person at a time. 
Yeah, I'll say that, that, you know, what seems, and I think this is over the course of, you know, the first two or three episodes, it, it seems like, you know, the, you know, we've maybe had from from the beginning of, of when Nick got hit by that car, you know, maybe 48 to 72 hours has passed and, and power starting to fail and whatnot. And I thought that was interesting because in my mind, it, it, it doesn't seem like there is that collapse yet um you know in at least in la it did, it did not seem like that kind of collapse was happening where we would start losing power uh or phones would start going in and out um and i thought that was i i, I was kind of taken aback by that um and, and a little um i don't want to say upset but it was just like eh, i think i would have I, I think i would have stretched that out a little differently um I, I think that, uh, but uh, but the 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 Walker reveals like again what this season was about, and I think there, there's a reason they called it Fear the Walking Dead. I, I, what I really enjoyed about um, the at least this first season is that for the most part, like they were able to um, get me to feel that fear of the zombies that we haven't had for, in the Walking Dead for seasons at this point. And I thought that was really important uh, because, you know, that's kind of like, I mean, the, the, the show and the comic book started on that premise of the walkers being the ones that you should be afraid of. Uh, and I think it is, you know, I, I would say that when we first, you know, see Rick wake up, we're a couple weeks into the apocalypse. So it's interesting seeing how it all started and, and not necessarily knowing why yet, but seeing how it started and um, seeing how quickly uh, everything kind of collapsed. I think a little too quickly in my book, but, you know, yeah. how quickly it happened. Well, I was actually thinking um, that this first season, it wouldn't surprise me if when this season ends is when Rick wakes up. So what we're getting here is we're getting the gaps filled because the one thing with with this season which i really really did enjoy is when rick wakes up in the first episode of walking dead everything has already gone to shit there's no slow build up there's just people have have gone people have abandoned the towns uh people are, are running scared there's walkers all over the place and we are just in the middle of it with this show one of my favourite moments was, um, uh, uh, well, a good one to point out was the the people across the road who were having a birthday party for their kid at one yeah. point, and people were cancelling because they were getting sick, and it was just a small build up of that kind of thing. Then the neighbour who is who is packing his car, you see that three or four hours later, the car is only half packed and he's nowhere to be seen. He then yeah. is then seen attacking the lady across the road, um, and she has no idea. She just thinks he's, he's heading towards her. And we know that it's a walker. We know what's about to happen to this this lady. But she is completely oblivious to it. Now, how many people in the early days would have been taken out like this because they had no idea what was going on? They're not mm-hmm. expecting someone to start jumping on them and, and eating their face. But, you know, I mean, who does? Who does expect yeah. that that's going to happen? So we get this this great build-up. Now, I wasn't fond of the first episode. I thought the first episode was it was a bit slow. It was it. I thought it took a. It thought it it kind of had this 
strange feeling to me where it took liberties that we already knew what was going on, but then felt that it had to spell certain things out to us that we already knew. There was a, a bit of a clumsiness with it, I kind of I kind of thought. But then as soon as I hit the second episode and went forward, I really enjoyed this whole season a lot more than I was expecting to. Yeah, it's um, it, it, again. I th- I think I f- I feel almost the same way. Um, I, I I don't. I actually, like I said, I enjoyed the first episode. Uh, it, it definitely does not live up to the the first episode of The Walking Dead. Um, but I I think that in you know in its own little series there. I mean, I thought it was for me. It was I I enjoyed it. Um, I I didn't mind all that stuff, and I think maybe it's because I I look at it and I see it um kind of how uh I guess maybe they thought it would look based on what it was saw. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm seeing it from like, uh, I don't want to say a writer's perspective, but because ki- I'm not a writer, but from, from a writer or I, maybe a storytelling perspective, uh, maybe like the, the Kevin Smith perspective of, of, of like that, that um, director's eye slash writer's eye slash editor's eye or something. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I'm not, I'm not sure what to call it, but there's something about like all the things that you hate about that first episode that I actually, I, I kind of dig. Um, and, and I can like, I don't see it as them necessarily treating the audience a certain way, but kind of treating their characters a certain way. And, and by that respect, we kind of are subject, subjugated to it. So, um, so we, I don't know. It didn't bother me. I I can't put my thumb on it, but I'll tell you what did bother me is, uh, is, is I feel that the first season, if I remember correctly, um, it ends with them getting on that boat, right? Well, it ends with them in the house looking at the boat and seeing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're they're in they're in the big house. We find out that Abigail, who has been name dropped uh, a couple of times, uh, is actually because this guy keeps saying, "I need to get to Abigail. I need to get to Abigail." Abigail is is the the big yacht. Yeah, boat thing. Um, I for me, I think that it actually, um, it moved a, li- it kind of moved a little too quickly, um, the, the season. I, and and I don't know that, I I don't think that I I hate it for this reason. I think that I um, I, I think I would have stretched out the story a little bit, uh, where because you only have six episodes in this well, yeah, first season. Yeah, that's one of the things we should point out. It is it, it is a quick first season. It's only six yeah. episodes long. The the pilot, if I remember properly, was about ninety minutes. Yes, the pilot was ninety minutes long. Uh, the season was six episodes long, much like the the original Walking Dead. That that first season was only six episodes. Um, and I feel like that they could have uh, spent some more time, uh, maybe building up, uh, you know, some character development. You know, and and I noticed I didn't notice the first, or I didn't remember at least until I started watching it a second go around that there aren't many flashbacks, if any, in this season. Um, and uh, that's kind of like a, a, a huge thing that helped The Walking Dead in the beginning. Uh, the Walking Dead, I don't, th- I don't think does any flashbacks now. But seasons one and two, if not, 
if not going into three, there were flashbacks um, in in every episode, uh, and they you know each episode tended to be about a certain character and uh, or focused on the character a little bit more, and they would have flashbacks to um, either pre uh, apocalypse or or just on the onset of the po- of the apocalypse, and that I think helped build up these characters. Um, so that people who weren't fans of the comic book could have a relationship with them. Yeah. And we don't get that with, uh, Nick or Travis or these Nick's mom or Nick's sister. You know, we don't, we don't get any of that. Yeah. But these, these characters, uh, um, we, we are kind of force fed that this is going to be a dysfunctional family. That is something that yeah. is rammed down our throats a little bit too, a little bit too harshly at times. And also, when we first came across uh, Rick finding uh, everyone else in Atlanta and we were taken to the camp which they had and we... I mean, here's some names we haven't heard for a while. We've got Dale, we've got Merle, we've got uh, Glenn is the one who takes him there. Daryl's not there at the time. Carol and, and her husband are there. Um, uh, Andrea's there, I think, at the time as well. Yep. Um, straight away, this was... a decent core group of characters they were quite diverse they were quite different from each other um you know merle and daryl were just straight out racist hicks <laughs> at that time and but there was there was something about the abrasiveness of these characters that caused conflict it caused tension it wasn't just the problem with the walkers straight away a lot of these people didn't hit it off with each other with this one uh, season two does change it a little bit, so I'm trying not to talk about season two at all. At the moment, I don't really care about any of these characters, yet they all survive until the end. This mm-hmm. season surprised me in the fact that one of the hallmarks of The Walking Dead is no one is safe. Anyone can go at any particular time. Now, I know the threat is slightly smaller at the moment because we haven't reached full outbreak in season in season one. But I didn't feel at any time that any of these characters were in any peril. Yeah, I mean... Um... And I, I, I agree. Um, I don't, uh, it, it seems like, and even when they, there were issues, it seemed like they were, uh, quickly able to be ready for it and, and adapt and, and take care of themselves. Um, which, which is strange. Like, and one of the things that, that I, you know, that from one of the episodes I saw today kind of bothered me was, uh, when, uh, Travis, um, Nick's, kind of stepdad um you know takes it upon himself to go investigate that church which seems like a very rick thing to do um but he's not rick he's a he's a teacher <laughs> you know he's not he, he's not a cop he, he doesn't have that instinct in him um yeah, and even in the in the future i can't i don't know if it's the way that the actor plays him or the way that it's written right now i can't see him being a rick in the future no, and he's you know obviously to you know he seems like he's supposed to be, um, 
at least the, at least you know if if you had to start kind of connecting dots to to who these characters are equal to um in in the other show i would say that like his dot leads to rick as far as who we're supposed to you know we're supposed to care about rick and he's supposed to be the main character in the walking dead seems like travis is um kind of that guy in this one uh well, i'll be interested to but, speak to you about season two then but your your mind on where the dot is leading leading from which character may end up surprising you a little bit interesting yeah because yeah, I, I you know it's i'll say being three episodes deep now i think with um with, with uh, the second viewing of season one it, it does um and i did leave i remember w- watching the season finale uh the first go around and being ex- i was like all right i can i'll watch a second season of this and there was something i guess um and i don't really really remember what but the the pilot up or I keep calling it pilot the premiere episode of season two for this um i was excited to watch and and we watched it and it, it did not i felt like it was i didn't enjoy it at all and it, it turned off it turned me off from the series now that being said i i people that i know that watch the show both shows they told me like well you should go back and give fear season two a second chance because it does get better as the episodes go on um, so I just never went back and gave it its fair shot. Never really had a reason to because the you know it's it's the one nice thing about The Walking Dead expanding their universe is that they're not interconnected in any way, at least not at, at the point that we are in season one. Um, well, their, so... their timelines are different. This is the other thing which we should we should mention as well is when we hit season two of Fear the Walking Dead, we are still very early in season one of The Walking Dead. We're not... They're not running concurrently. No, no, it's... This isn't a show that happens at the same time. So uh, there's no... There's no... Like, Rick isn't going to come walking, wandering onto the scene because we never saw that happen in season two or three. I would love to see um, there's that, and I forget if he plays a role in in, in episodes beyond. I think the third one, um, but Tobias, I believe his name is the the kid with the knife in in the school. Um, he seems like a character that could survive, um, and purely not based off of like how he looks. Like he just looks like he's kind of one of those like. Uh, like I have a bunch of people out here in Pennsylvania in the United States that, that have zombie outbreak patrol all over their cars because they, they're prepared. They're prepared for an actual zombie apocalypse. He seems like he's one of those cats. Um, and I would love to see like, I mean, I guess at this point we, it's been, it's, it's years. So I mean, in season eight or nine of, of the walking dead, I would love to see this character Tobias pop up. He's 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 marched his way across the country, surviving, uh, going from settlement to settlement, and he's he's ended up uh, in Alexandria, uh, you know, seeking you know uh, refuge. Uh, well, I think that would be amazing. The ages don't fit, but what if it turned out Tobias was Negan? Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's a shame because the ages don't fit, but that would be. It would be cool if they could um, introduce a character like that 
in Fear the Walking Dead. That would be intriguing. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it would be nice, but the the timelines aren't there, um, and the the space between these two characters. It's almost like they they deliberately did these things so that they could say to people, "This is why these shows aren't going to cross over." Like, oh the yeah, time I, aren't I, right, I, and the, the the space isn't right. But you've mentioned the season yeah. finale a couple of times now. I don't know if you if you remember. I mean, basically the. One of the things with this season as well is, as I said, I enjoyed this season. I really, I really did. But there was always a waiting for something to happen. There was always, when's you know, because we're dealing with the military and everyone's in lockdown, and and there wasn't a huge uh, emphasis on urgency with this with this first season. But we hit the final, we hit the final episode. Now, I want to know if this is something you noticed as well. This is when I almost turned around and if not often, I don't think ever during The Walking Dead, I've kind of had a laugh to myself because I kind of felt that something was a bit ridiculous. Was um, Nick and uh, the the Mexican, the Spanish lady uh, were kidnapped. Now, I can't remember her name. Yeah. But the, the husband oh, is yeah, the yeah, central yeah. character in the... In most of the season, now they are trying to rescue these two people from the the military slash medical complex. They decide to do this. They release a horde of thousands of zombies upon the medical slash military complex, and to rescue two people, they slaughter hundreds <laughs> by by releasing. <laughs> All of these zombies, all of these walkers onto this complex. Now, they release these zombies not just onto the military, but on a complex that is filled with doctors, nurses, sick women, men and children, uh, people who are locked up under, under the complex in these wire cages because they're not ill enough yet to be in hospital beds. Now, the wife is already dead, so the only person that they're actually able to rescue is Nick. Hundreds of innocent people are deliberately slaughtered by walkers just so that these people can get to their own. I I understand what you're saying, and I want to simply answer uh, or comment on this with asking you a question, and that is, if it was Carl, what would Rick do? I'm not sure if Rick would seek an arena full of walkers onto a hospital full of sick people. I think he would find another way. I don't know. I mean, I think someone would suggest <laughs> it to him. I think someone would say, look, we could do this, but I think, I think that Rick would find another way rather than killing doctors and nurses and <laughs> sick people and children and old people and, and complete innocence. I think he would he would find a way to be able to, to do it. They slaughtered hundreds of people. Like there, there was absolutely no regard for anyone else in this in this complex. Well, there was none. There, there's no excuse for this at all. This was when I watched well, this, and the Mexican guy was walking towards the gates, and I saw those thousands of zombies that had been released from the arena walking behind him like the fucking Pied Piper of Hamlin. <laughs> I just sat there and I laughed out loud and I actually sat there and just went, oh, fuck off. I, uh, 
I I personally think that uh, I think that there's a, a version of Rick that that uh, maybe not current day Rick. I I think there's a, a, a one of those seasons of Rick uh, that would have totally done this. Um, I don't think current day Rick would have. Um, I don't think season one or two Rick would have either, but I think somewhere in between there's a version of Rick that would absolutely, uh, slaughter everyone if it meant saving his family. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, but I think also that to, to counter, um, you know, like, well, you know, Rick wouldn't do it because, you know, he's a good guy. Uh, I, he's also a cop. So I think like, you know, I, um, I, I think that the, the, the benefit of having these characters who aren't like they're teachers and guidance counselors and, and barbers or something like I, that they don't have that mindset of like, well, you know, let me think of the greater good here. Like, let's let's. I just want to save my own because you know, think about it. Like with you and your own. Like if it was your kid and and, and or, or you know my kid in there, uh, I don't think I would give a damn about anyone else, including the doctors and nurses. Uh, if if my kid was in there, I would I would unleash a holy hell upon that complex. Uh, if if it meant a chance at saving my kid, you know. That's that's cold. That's cold, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at it that way, yeah, I would probably do it. But when I was what I'm sitting here and I'm watching TV, it's late at night. I'm probably a little bit tired. I'm probably a little bit punch drunk, you know. But when I when I see the the Mexican Pied Piper of Hamlin come walk, well, yeah, that's ridiculous. I was waiting for him to pull out his little pipe and start start playing it, so that you know that's the, the sound that the zombies were were following or or whatever. And, you know, he just calmly... And he was so fucking calm about it as well. He just came up and walked around the corner and he's like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, well, shoot you, old man. And he's like, well, you better save your ammo. He even had one-liners set up. Like, so Addy was walking along, he was going, thinking in his head, and he's like, well, if they say this to me, I'm going to say this to them. I'll fucking show them. I was, they've got my wife. I'm going to have a one-liner, you know. It's like... There's, it was just... I, I looked at that and just went, oh, fuck. They just wanted, at some point in this season, they wanted to show the herd. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And it was like the idea was there. It was like, we've got to show the herd. We've got to show the herd. And the idea was more important than how they pulled the idea off. You know, uh, and... But it was just, uh, as a visual, I just went, no... No, straight away I just clicked. You've just killed everyone in that camp, and you got people jumping on helicopters and getting <laughs> fuck out of there. You got you had this great thing where one guy got bitten and they wouldn't let him on a helicopter, and he must have known he was screwed, so he ran straight into the rotor blade at the the back of a chopper. So there was it was it was a great set piece, but it just uh, as I said, I just. It's it out of all of the Walking Dead moments, I think this is this is the one I've shaken my head at the most. I don't I don't know that that's necessarily a wrong thing to say. I think that's a pretty accurate statement. Um, I, I think the execution of what they were trying to do was a little silly. I think on on paper it probably looked a lot better. Uh, but and, and I think the reasoning that that the characters are doing it, I don't think that's unjustified at all, and I don't think it makes them ruthless killers. Um, 
I think it was just the execution of, uh, of how production decided to do it may have been a little off. Uh, but, no, but yeah, I they're, mean, they're ruthless killers, man. But there's no way that at some point they didn't have the conversation where someone said, well, you know, everyone in that place is going to die. Someone would have brought yeah. that up. Someone would have said, you know, everyone else in that place is going to die. And they would have just gone, eh, eh, whatever. You know, I, I mean, I would, and, and I haven't gotten to that point yet, obviously. So I'm not sure if if uh, if it allows it if if there's anything that allows an off-screen conversation to happen. But that could have been an off-screen conversation um, if 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 this the the story allowed any kind of uh, lapse in time to make it to make it happen. But they they had to they they knew there was this arena full of walkers. Because the, the, the army guy who they had tied up and the barber was torturing told them, you know, this is where we just we just barred the doors. And so at one point, someone turned around and said, you know, all of those dead people, we can use them as a weapon and we can slaughter every single man, woman and child in that complex. <laughs> and not one of them turned around at the voice of reason and said, maybe we could find another way. No, this is it. This is the only option. We have this option and that's it. We have to kill all of them. We need to make them pay. You know, they've already, in, in one season, they've already leapt to, and I know the Rick you're talking about, the bloodthirsty Rick, who has lost. Yeah. But by that stage, yeah. he had lost everything. He'd lost his wife. Yeah. He'd lost his world. He'd started to lose his mind. He was starting to lose the respect of the people around him. He could see everything slipping away. These people reached that point... Living in their own homes, fair enough, there was a fence there, but they were living in their own homes in relative safety, and in that small space of time, they just went, fuck it, kill everyone. <laughs> well, and like, like, like I said, I think that's one of my problems with this with this season. As, as much as I enjoyed the first season of Fear, um, I, the, the, there was character development and pacing issues. Um, I think that they should have, there's no reason. And, and maybe it would have been hard to do flashbacks because this is happening at the start of it. So maybe flashback, no one wants to know what these characters are like, you know, before this moment, but you don't need, I mean, the walking dead has proved that you don't need flashbacks to tell a good story. Cause, cause they no longer use flashbacks or if they do, it's on the very rare occasion. I don't think I've seen one uh, well, we at all in season seven. With, um... With, um, but we're flashing back to Walking Dead stuff when Sasha was in the coffin, and she. Flashed. Oh yeah, but but that was yes. the first one we'd had in a long, long time. Yes, and and that was, um, that was totally warranted. Like that one made a lot of sense. Oh, that was one of the. Um, one of, that was, that was part of an amazing story, and that flashback. Yes, like helped make that story amazing. Absolutely, and, and as like I said, Fear of the Walking Dead just I think suffers uh, at least up until the end of season one, and and uh, for me the season premiere of season two, uh, from what I've watched in the past or as of today, um, it just suffers from the ability to make you care, um, and and I think that the pacing issues could have solved that. Like I don't know that they should have even um, seen the boat by the end of this season. I don't know that they, I don't know that the, um, 
I would like to see if maybe, and, and I'm saying this now without seeing, uh, you know, a, a recent memory of episodes, we'll say four and on, but I would li- I would have liked to seen maybe, you know, this season end with the, the town getting quarantined and giving them that ability for six episodes to tell this story about the true beginnings, the true early days of this zombie apocalypse and develop these characters a little more. Um, I mean, I guess technically Nick is actually pretty, pretty fleshed out by even episode three. Like we know who he is as a character, um, but he might be one of the only ones that we truly know by the end of this season. Well, uh, touching on, on the characters, I, um, I found myself enjoying um, Madison, the mother, um, I, th- uh-huh. I thought that she was she was pretty decent. Travis really didn't do much for me. The the stepdad. Um, I didn't like Nick in the first episode at all. Maybe that was maybe that was planned that way. But by the end of the season, he was he was him and I wish I could remember his name. The Mexican barber um, were my two favorite. I think his brothers. name is. I think his name is, and I could be way off, but Dan Zalasar or something like that. That's a, that's I, can, a, I think I'm way off. That's a that don't that sounds like a made up name. That sounds like you just made that that, that name up. That sounds, that sounds like be. the name of a baby on Mori Povich. I could be making that <laughs> this up. Is, this I is, is my child Dan Salazar, <laughs> <laughs> and this is my other child Shanika. Uh, it's, it's but but that, but, that, but I'm telling you that, that here this oh, right here is the sec, problem. Hang on a sec. Oh, you're saying his full name Dan. As in Daniel yeah. Salazar. I yeah. thought you were saying that was his first name. That his first name was Dan <laughs> Salazar. Uh, no, no, his full name is oh, yeah, Daniel. It is, it's Daniel. Salazar. It's Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but now, now, but <laughs> honestly, man, it sounded like you'd made a name up. <laughs> That's going to be my uh, name, the incredible uh, Dan Salazar. <laughs> Yes, that that I I I endorse that wrestling. And I'm, and I'm going to come out um, to why can't but, we be friends by war? So it's, uh, there you go, there you go. I dig it, I dig it. Um, <laughs> but they're really the two but, characters that I that I really by the end of the season that I was on board with. But and I think that right there almost kind of proves uh, one of you know the issues with these characters is that uh, until I butchered his name, uh, you, you you didn't remember what what one of your favorite characters of this of this uh, series is at the end of the season, um, and that would never have happened I think with The Walking Dead, despite the fact that we forgot. Uh, Kevin John and uh, Kevin John's little brother's <laughs> names in in season seven of the Walking yeah, but, Dead. But, uh, with uh, all, you know, uh, with all fairness, by that stage, we we had fifteen, sixteen characters on the screen. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we um, this this stage we've got I think seven, and yeah. we can remember half of their names. Now the only reason I remember yeah, and- Chris's name, the the, the stepson slash Travis's son, is I didn't care for that character at all. I was waiting for him to get taken out. I didn't. Uh, he was just a whiny little, you know. Yeah. I just he just bothered me. He's he's baggage. He's dead weight. Just get rid of him. 
Ride him out. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I I think that and and obviously having only six episodes hurts. I mean, you have to figure out what you want to do. You know, some people think that shortening up seasons is is helpful. Uh, I I don't. I think six is too little. I think twenty two is too much. I think Walking Dead has found a pretty good place with sixteen. They could probably knock that down to thirteen, and and it would be an even stronger I think series. And I think that's what season two and three of Fear is. It's like thirteen episodes long or something like that. Um, but it's uh, so maybe they maybe they do do fourteen episodes, but like that's I mean that seems like a pretty tight you know that's uh, even shortening it by two episodes compared to what The Walking Dead does might make all the difference in the world, uh, and then in- increasing it by more a little bit more than double is definitely giving it's allowing you to tell those stories at, you know over a longer distance. So I I understand why they probably did what they did with with only having six episodes, but I I me personally um, I probably would have told that story a little differently. I probably would have fleshed out some things, pushed some things off to season two. Um, and, uh, instead of seeing Abigail at the end of the season, maybe you get to that dude's mansion at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it, cause even that, even if you cut that, you know, that little bit out, um, that might be enough to help flush this season out, uh, some more. Again, I think I personally would have liked to explore, um, more of what was going on pre-quarantine and also post-quarantine. There was very little time spent in quarantine. I, think. I thought that maybe what we might get now. I, I I do want to go out and say I know I've said some some things about this season that I didn't like, but there there were a lot of positives to it. Uh, this was a this is a really well made show. It looks it's got a different look to The Walking Dead as well. It's not um, trying to ride on on the coattails necessarily in the way it looks. They haven't they also haven't got turned around and given you a show where you go, okay, well, that's Rick, that's Daryl, that's Merle, that's Dale. While the character development, I 100% agree with you, wasn't there, they didn't try and fall upon making a group that was exactly the same as The Walking Dead. But I was honestly thinking that this season I was going to see a lot more of what was happening in the inner workings of the city as civilization started to crumble not inside a small locked down suburb. I I think I would have enjoyed that as well. I think it's like I said I think there's there's things that I, you know, I would have done differently, maybe they would have done differently now that it's been, you know, in hindsight. Um and um I I think it was a great introduction to a new chapter of The Walking Dead. Um and it 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 may not have so here's it kind of was the opposite of season one of The Walking Dead where it didn't start as strong as The Walking Dead, but I think it ended a little bit stronger than The Walking Dead because I hated the season one finale of The Walking Dead. I was I thought it should have like the the episode five felt like a better season ending than than episode six of that first season of The Walking Dead, but I feel like fear ended a pretty good way, you know, comparatively. I would have changed things around. I would have stretched the story out. Uh, but that's not what we got. At the end of the day, we, we got what we got. And and I liked it. You know, I, I it's it's just not as... If you let if you let it go, you know, any of those episodes go, and you stop caring about that show like I did, it, it doesn't... 
it doesn't hurt to let go of that show. Like The Walking Dead, I miss two or three weeks. I get frantic about it. Fear the Walking Dead, I let a whole season go by. I was I was even going to say to you, like you you've mentioned, you're only three three episodes into rewatching, having only just recently watched it for the first time. I would even go so far as to say, just start on season two. The back end of it, you already know what's happened. There's nothing. I don't think that there's anything you'll go back and say, oh, I missed this. Oh, I didn't notice that the first time, except maybe the, the the massacre of the medical facility. You know, you you might want to have a second look at have a second look at that. I I don't want to say it's unimportant because, to tell you the truth, if there was no Walking Dead, and this was a brand new show that was unrelated, and we weren't drawing the comparisons, I probably really really would have enjoyed it a lot more than I did. It, it was strong enough for me to go, okay, well. I'm going to jump into season two, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully season two will be a bit stronger. We'll hopefully get a little bit more, like you were saying, with yeah. the character development. That's That was one of the things I'm hoping for. Um, and I'm hoping to see a lot more of the breakdown of civilization because we missed all that while Rick was in the hospital bed. Yeah, and I think that was what I said. It kind of that goes all, all the way back to my pacing issues. I, th- I think they... I think they should have explored that a little bit more. I think they should be taking their time um, because, you know, based off what I saw in season one, and I think I kind of remember saying this, I was like, well, I mean, if they keep taking this pace, they're going to catch up to The Walking Dead in no time Mm. Um, because they're literally just kind of like breezing through what seems like, you know, should have taken longer for things to start to fall apart. Uh, It's... my, like I said, that's probably my only complaint of this season. I don't think I have a complaint um, with individual episodes necessarily. They, none of them are as good as The Walking Dead, really, but none of them are as bad as Oceanside. So, you know, you, you can't, you know, it's, there's really nothing too major to complain about. It was, a, I think, a good first season of a new show that takes place in the same universe as a, a popular show. Um, and... Uh, it was, it, it, it was able to keep my attention and want more wait, you know, for me, I had to wait a couple months to get to season two and I was excited to wait for it. And, and unfortunately just whatever that premiere episode was for season two, wasn't able to sell me enough to, to keep watching. I needed a podcast for that. You haven't gone back and rewatched the pilot for season two yet, have you? No, not yet. So at the end of, of the finale, it discovered that, that Chris's real mum has been bitten. Mm-hmm. And she asks if she can be shot and taken out. Yes. Um, and that is basically where that where that episode ends. Now, the pilot for season two starts with them making their way to the boat. As the city is burning, the zombies are making their way through the, through the mansion. They busted through the mansion. There's fires on the beach. Now, I don't know how a beach catches fire. This is something which you're going to need to explain to me when you go back and, and watch it. But there is fires on the beach. And the the mother is there who was shot at the end of the first season. She is still in perfectly phys- a perfect physical condition. There's no decomposition of the body. There's no anything like that. So it looks like it's only been a few hours since the end of the finale for season one and the beginning of season two. But the thing which I noticed is kind of the complaint which you've had with the with the pacing and the, the speed that everything crumbles and falls and, and goes down, is it is just exaggerated exponentially 
between the end of season one and the beginning of season two where literally everything goes to shit within a couple of hours because the mother's dead body is a marker, really, for how long it's been. Yeah. There would be some decomposing. Everything went south within the space of, of the afternoon that they got there and the night that they're leaving for the boat. Yeah, and I think that's just, you know, they they wanted to they have a story that they want to tell and and they you know, there's an established kind of timeline that already exists for uh these walkers whether we've seen that timeline or not. So they, you know, they needed to I think hurry things up to so they can be where they want to be. Uh you know, it's it's um like I said, it's it's. It, I would have done something differently. I, I don't know that I would have wanted to race through all that. I I, I mean, but I'm a story guy. I'm a dialogue guy. I want to see all that that stuff. I don't I don't know that. I think with this show, they they had a fear of it not doing well, and they they wanted to get to the zombie action right away, versus you know developing. It's a it's a good season. I would say to people, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, watch it, but don't expect um, episodes of the level. I can't remember what the name of the episode was, but remember when they they covered themselves in the the dead zombies and walked yeah through guts the, through the guts, and then it started raining and the guts started coming off them. And don't expect anything to the to the height of that. Yeah, like that for me. That's still one of the benchmarks of the mm-hmm. first season. Okay, yeah, that, that particular episode. I, I that's the one which my mind goes back to almost every time. First of all, there's nothing that even approaches those heights. But if you I go agree. into it with with not low expectations, but the expectation that this show is a little bit more, I think they're trying to be a little bit more arty with it. I think they're trying to be a bit more, um, uh, you know, they're trying to go for a completely different style. Yeah. If you're expecting The Walking Dead, you'll be disappointed. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's like a pretty perfect way to sum up season one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to keep saying that it was a, a good entry point. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about about it. No, and I and I agree with that. Like I said, by the time that first season ended, I was excited to see what season two of Fear the Walking Dead would look like. Um, but I think time the time that it took to get to season two and then the entry point that we had uh like underperformed for me in that initial viewing and then that's why i didn't really care for it after that uh we'll see what happens in um you know when in when we finally sit down to record season two uh so we can hopefully get more caught up but uh, I gl- I'm glad I have an excuse to watch it now because I I did I have always said I'm going to go back and watch it. I'm going to go back and watch it and I just haven't yet and so I'm so I'm glad that I get the opportunity to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it and and then once we've done season two, we're we're going to be jumping into weekly episodes of season three. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm and I'll tell you what the, from the the promotional images that I've seen, uh, which I try to I'm trying to avoid it. But I, you know, it looks kind of cool, you know. And obviously, I know at least one character who's who makes it through season two. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with with this show, and and uh, and then see if it can hold a candle, and you know, in season two to the original. All right. Well, let's see what we think of season two next time we chat about it. Yes, yes. Uh, and with that, because I'm getting I'm getting dry throat. That's what I'm getting. God damn. Uh, make sure you um, you know let us know your thoughts and fear of the Walking Dead season one. 
um, what you thought about it when it first aired. If you've gone back and rewatched it, what you think the second go around or third go around, you can do that several different ways. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 267-223-4965. You can leave an uh, email with us uh, by sending an email to zomcast at crudehimmerstudios.com. Uh, you can Twitter us at the Zomcast or Facebook us at the Zomcast. Uh, but truly, truly, what we really want are pictures of zombies riding dogs. Uh, this is Wrestler Kev riding dogs, dogs riding zombies, whatever variations of those that you want to see, we want to see. And you can snail, you can snail mail them to us at the Zomcast at PO Box 177 in Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania, 19030, United States of America. Uh, you can also uh, find us on the That's Entertainment Podcast Network at thatentertains.com slash network. Uh, Steve, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter. You can find me at the Detention Pod on Twitter. Uh, that's where that's the main page for the other podcast, uh, which is the Saturday Detention Podcast, which you can also find at thatentertains.com. And apart from that, you can usually find me outside medical facilities protesting the unneeded slaughter of women, children, doctors, and nurses. Uh, and on that note, you can find me on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. Uh, I am going to go to sleep. So take care, everyone. This has been, or well, for the Zomcast, I'm Kev. And I've been Steve. And uh, just remember to keep walking. Is that our sign off? Keep walking. Keep walking. Stay dead. Whatever you want to do, guys. You know, we're equal opportunists here. Yeah, fear walking. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a new show now. I can't. It's Walking Dead is keep walking. So fear the walk. Yeah. So, uh, or, oh, fear the dead. There we go. This has been a That's Entertainment Podcast Network podcast. Looking for more podcasts about pop culture, TV and film, and other entertainment? Find all our shows on thatentertains.com/network. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.